Praise God. I'm telling you out there, man, Jesus loves you. You're so blessed. You're so important. I'm so glad you tuned in tonight. I'm so glad y'all are here in church tonight. Praise the Lord forevermore. The best place to be in this world, this crazy wild world we live in, is in church. Amen. The doors of Living Waters Church are always open. Praise the Lord. You can come and worship with us. You know, it's amazing. You know, in all the world and all the chaos and all the crazy things going on, I'm telling you, God, you know, he's not chewing his fingernails. He's not upset. He's not worried. I'm telling you, just keep, got to get tied in to this, what the Spirit of God's doing because God is not, he's not out of sorts. Hello? Can I have an amen? Can I have a honk out there? Praise God. Well, I want to share a word with you tonight, so get your Bibles out. And I want you, if you would, go to Psalms chapter 90. Psalms of Moses. Psalms 90 verse 12. You know, it's funny when you're young, you never think you'll be old. And you always think everybody else around you is old. And then when you get to be the age that you realize when you were young, you were looking at, and you begin to be that age, you realize that person you thought was old wasn't really that old. It's amazing how when you reach that mark, you know, around 60, you start thinking about how young everybody is. And Moses says something here, Psalms 90, verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I want to tell you all something. <clears throat> I, I want to just share a, 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 a word tonight that it'll either liberate you or you'll just say, oh, yeah, go on. Because right now we're sitting here like on the edge of our seats trying to figure out what's going on. But I want to tell you something. You can't live in yesterday, and you can't live in tomorrow. You can only live in today. Dr. Brown preached a message a while back about mindfulness that was so great. And when you start to listen to what Moses is saying here about teach us to number our days, we only have so many days on this earth. <clears throat> Praise God. For a Christian, then you get to go to heaven. But uh, we only have so many days on this earth, and right now, I feel like when I talk to people, when I'm just around and going around and, and, and seeing people are, are all distracted with the future. Are you with me? What's happening? What's going on? What's going to take place? Who's going to be the president? What's taking, what's going, what's going, we're all going to die of COVID. What's going to happen? You know, the, you know, and just, it, it just keeps, and the more you look into the world and if you, if you try to watch any news, which I suggest you don't because it's, you know, just to, to depress you. But if you do see any headlines or anything like that, it's all about doom and gloom in the future. Hello? Um, but Moses said something here. He said, teach us, Lord, teach us to number our days. In other words, to be able to deal with today so that we're capable of walking in tomorrow. But so many people are either so focused to the future or so tied up by the past, they can't live in today. And I want to tell you something. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want, this is, sounds kind of crazy, but I, I feel like it's the Holy Ghost. Is I want to tell you right now, if you're worried about the past, like you made past mistakes, or maybe you weren't as good as you should have been, or you should have been doing this, or, oh, I wish I'd have done that in the past. Right now, I want to free you from that and just tell you, in the name of Jesus, 
be free from your past, quit thinking about the past, and just look to today, and then you'll be ready for tomorrow. Listen, you may have messed up so much, you may think, how could God unscramble all these eggs, but he can't? Don't worry about that. You can't let that, don't even let the devil get you going in that direction. Don't let him get you saying, oh, I've seen Christians before that was so trying to serve the Lord that they were so worried about yesterday they didn't think they did something right that they can't be effective for God today because they're worried about yesterday. Listen, you may have messed up so bad, you may say, oh, God, I don't understand how you could ever forgive me. I don't understand. Listen, stop it. I'm just telling you tonight, I'm giving you the free right now. It's a one-time offer to just stop right now tonight and say, Lord, forgive me of my past. I want to be free from my past. And today I want to live the rest of these hours right now and today and not think about tomorrow, yesterday. Hello? So everybody in agreement with me on that? All y'all in here, everybody watch. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just declare as we repent of the past, that they're freed from the past right now and that they can live in today so that they can move on into the future. So, Lord, I just thank you right now. All guilt, Lord, all unforgiveness, all hindrances that, to, that the past has got hooked into them, the hooks and the yokes, broken right now in Jesus' name and free to move on as a newborn babe right now in Jesus' name. Now, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that we're new creatures. Now, the, the, the great thing, okay, so my message Sunday, you know, I was talking about uh, the rapture of the church and whatever, and I was talking about this transition that takes place when you're on earth and you go to heaven or you go to the clouds and meet Jesus, that you're, you're going to get a new body. I don't know how that's going to work. I can't, I, you know, like my mind, there's no data to pull. Hello? You know, it's like saying, if I say to you right now, I want you just to imagine a, 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 a black dog running across the highway. Well, then you can, you can, you've got data for that, right? You've seen a black dog before and you know what a highway is. So you can see it. When I tell you you're going to get a new body and fly up to the clouds, I mean, Superman movie maybe, but he didn't get a new body. Anyway. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that you're a new creature. New creatures, listen to me, new creatures have this ability to repent and be brand new again. That's why it's called being born again. Hello? Now, I'm not saying you're, you, you, you keep getting saved. I'm just saying you keep repenting and just keep getting wiped, wiped clean. Right? So if you're going to number your days, you can't be held on by the past. And you cannot be worried about the future because you can't do anything about the future except live in the now and do what Jesus tells you to do. That will affect your future, right? But you can only be living in the now. Okay. The, when it says the word number in the Hebrew, it means to count, to reckon, to number, to assign, to tell, or to appoint, or to prepare. That's what the word number means. Number my days. In other words, to count your days, to reckon your days, to realize, listen, we need to realize who we are in Christ. Are you hearing me? You are just not one of the masses. If you're born again, if Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Right? 
That's what the scripture says. So you have to look at yourself and reckon to yourself that God has counted your days and, and he's got it all under control. But what the enemy wants to do is he wants to confuse that. He wants to come in and confuse it and confuse it. And, oh, what about this? And what about that? And, uh, yeah, uh, uh, uh. Until you're not effective today. We don't want to do that. Now, I want to make it real simple tonight. Oh, this is a simple message. This is one of those lay down, throw down. You can just do it and apply it to your life. Walk out of here with a big smile on your face. Jump in the truck. Look at your husband. Look at your wife and say, oh, man, that was good. Go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. So in order to number your days, there's only one thing I can find in the Scripture. Well, I mean, I, I guess you could call this two things, but I'm calling it one thing. One thing is only one thing you got to do. Only one thing. Everybody say one thing. Man, I think you can do one thing. I really do think y'all can do one thing. Hello? Wives, don't look at your husband and with that look. They can do one thing. All right? It says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. You only really have one job to do in life, only one job, and that's to keep your heart, your heart, okay? That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do is keep your heart. In other words, don't have unforgiveness in your heart. Don't have bitterness in your heart. Don't have jealousy in your heart. Don't have envy in your heart. Don't have strife in your heart. Don't be you know, angry in your heart. Don't be, you know, letting these things simmer and stew in your heart. All you got to do is sweep off the heart every day. Now, I, you know, I, the other day when the, the norther blew through, when I went out in my truck that, that next morning and the windshield was dirty, it was dusty, just all, I mean, dust on it. I had turned the windshield wipers on to, to wipe the, turned into mud off my windshield, Right. Just came in, it just blew in. It's just in the air, settled on my windshield. I wouldn't have noticed it if I wouldn't have been in my truck trying to look out the windshield. Right? Your heart's like that. There's gonna get junk that's gonna fall on your heart every day. You're gonna say things that you shouldn't have said. You're gonna have attitudes every day that you shouldn't have had. You're gonna have bad thoughts every day. It's gonna happen, it's gonna come. It's like the dust just blew on the windshield. But you got to take the windshield wiper of the Holy Ghost. Hello? And you got to wash it off. You got to get that off so you can see clearly. Otherwise, you're going to mess up. You're going to get off. How many of y'all have ever tried to drive? It's a perfect example. 470, headed to Bandera, out of Utopia. You head out that road, 470 at 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, I guess it depends on the time of year, but about... 7.30 to 8 o'clock, you start heading that way east, and that sun's coming up, and you can't see nothing, right? How much harder is it to see when you got dust all over the window, right? Okay, so our one job to do is to keep our hearts. How do we keep our hearts? We just keep before the Lord and repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. That's what new creatures get to do. All the old things come to pass, a whole, all things have become new. All right, so the issue that you're keeping in your heart, now this sounds so simple, but just, man, this is freeing. I'm telling you, this is so freeing. Look at Matthew 22, 37. You got to keep your heart. Now, how, what are you keeping as, what are you, what are you using as the cleaner, the, 
the thing that's keeping your heart in line. Here it is, Matthew 22, 37. Like I said, this could be two things you're doing, but I'm, I'm listening to it all as one thing because keeping your heart is just really one thing. Matthew 22, 37, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbors yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You know, it's interesting. If you find a person that loves Jesus, I mean truly loves Jesus, that person usually cares about humanity, right? I mean, they coincide. It's not like it's two things, like, oh, Lord, I love you so much, I love you so much. I don't know about my neighbor, you know, I don't know about people. No, if you really truly have a deep relationship with the Lord and an intimate relationship with the Lord and you love him and you're around him because he loves people, then you just start loving people, right? So even though there's two things he says that love the Lord and love people, it's really all one. So what are you going to keep as the center of your heart? Loving God. Folks, listen to me. You don't know the power behind waking up in the morning and having a quiet time with Jesus to just wake up, to go sit down and be like Martha, I mean, be like Mary, not like a Martha, but be like a Mary who just sits at the feet of Jesus and loves on him. How do you love on Jesus? You just tell him, Lord, I love you. I love that you're righteous. I love that you're a God of justice. I love that you're, you're, a, you're a God who cares about all things. You care about everything. You care about the little things. And you just start talking to him like that. That's how you keep your heart. Because then in that conversation, somewhere he's going to say, <clears throat> yeah, I, I noticed a bug on your window over here. Have y'all ever noticed what is the, 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 the dynamic that you can drive down the road with a perfectly clean windshield and the bug will hit right in the front of right where you're looking? Why, how is that possible? It's almost like the trucks and the vehicles are engineered for the, 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 the vortex of the wind to come flying out and hit that one spot. You would think they could make a vehicle that would get the bugs like flying to the side or something, but they don't. You can have it perfectly clean. First one that hits is going to be right in front of your eyes, right where you're trying to look, then you're trying to look down here. How is that possible? But Jesus is going to then in those intimate times, he's going to sit down and say, hey, you got a bug on the window. Have you noticed that over here? <laughs> you need to get that off. And then Jesus takes care of the rest. Now, I want to show you what he takes care of. Go to Psalms 121. If you'll just keep your heart, he takes care of the rest. Hear what I'm saying? He takes care of the rest. You know why? Because, see, you have a free will, and God is not going to violate your free will. So because he's not going to violate your free will, he can't violate the will of your heart. But if your heart's beating for him, well, then he takes care of the rest. Psalms 121 tells you everything he's going to take care of. Are you all with me? It says, I will lift up my eyes into the hills. From whence comes my help? Well, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. Wow. All you're doing is keeping your heart, and he's keeping your foot from being moved. He, keeps you, he who keeps you will not slumber. He ain't going to go to sleep. He's going to be watching 24-7 and into the future. Behold, he keeps Israel. You need to scratch out Israel right there. Maybe just draw a line and write your name there. Okay? He who keeps Robert shall neither, neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. Everybody say, the Lord's my keeper. 
You know what that word keeper means? Keeper. That's what it means. He keeps you. He takes care of you. He's your protector. He's your guide. He's your keeper. He's your everything. Now, I'll make it a little technical here, but there is a, there is a, a on, on, a, on a shaft of a motor, not all motors, but some motors have a shaft. Well, motors have a shaft, but some motors have a keyway in the shaft. And you put a square pin that goes in and it holds the pulley and it goes between the shaft and the pulley. And you put that in and that thing is called a keeper. Are you with me? In other words, it, it's what keeps you from flying off. <laughs> Spinning out of control, not having any traction. You know, if the keeper breaks, the keeper pin breaks, then the pulley will spin on the shaft, right? But it ain't going nowhere. The shaft's spinning inside the pulley, and the pulley's just sitting there, and it's just spinning. But when you put the keeper pin in, wow, then you get motion. He's your keeper. He's the pin that's driven into your life by the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you, that he is your keeper. Everybody say again, he's my keeper. Okay, he says, he's your keeper. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. He even brings his own umbrella. I've got to tell you all this. This is really bad, but it's a true story. I was down working uh, on, on my mother's porch, and it was back when it was really hot, and I was screwing boards down, and it was so hot, and I happened to get on the sunny side. And the sun was just cooking me. And man, I was just burning up and I was trying to screw these boards down. And so my wife comes out and she's, she's saying, you know, are you okay? Maybe you need to quit. You know, you're looking kind of red. And I said, no, I just need an umbrella. And then I didn't think anything about it. And I keep screwing down. And in a minute, shade came over me. And I said, I look. And she went over to the car, got out of her umbrella and stood there and held the umbrella. And I was like, sweetie, you're Jesus. You're the... Shade at my right hand. You're keeping me here. Then one of the other workers saw us and said, good gosh. But I enjoyed it. So the Lord is a shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve, not preserve. Think of it, preserves. Preservative. Preserve, keep from going bad, right? He's going to preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So all you have to do is keep your heart right, and then he becomes your keeper, and he's taking care of the rest. You don't know how it's going. You can look, into the, you can look out the window of the future and say, oh, my goodness, that doesn't look good outside. But your keeper's got you. Right now, we need to be hanging on to our keeper. And all you have to do to keep the keeper keeping, keep your own heart. Now, he's going to keep you so much, but i got to give you one more scripture here. Go to the, the book of Jude, right before Revelation, the book of Jude. There's only one chapter there, and look in verse 24. Now, not only is he going to keep you from all this trial, all this trouble, all these things going on. Now, this is real. I'm not just making this up. This isn't just... Some little rah-rah message I'm teaching. This is the word of God to you. Hello? Verse 24 says, 
Now he's able to keep you from stumbling. Wow. That's a big job for the Lord now in my life. I stumble over everything, it seems like. My wife says, why don't you pick your feet up? And I said, I thought I was. thought I picked them up plenty enough. Okay? But he says he's able to keep you from stumbling, making a mistake, messing up. But see, if you're looking backwards at yesterday, you're looking over here saying, oh, I don't know about this, I don't know about that. You're not looking to your keeper. We've got to get our eyes on Jesus and realize he's going to keep us through whatever's going to go on because our hearts are right. And then he's able to present you. Now, this is, a, this is an amazing scripture. It blows my mind every time I read it. And he's going to present you faultless before the presence of glory with exceeding joy. Jesus is going to present you to the Father and he's going to have joy in doing it. He's going to present you faultless. And he's going to have a smile on his face and say, hey, Dad, this is, this is Nick. That just boggles my mind. Because so many people's attitude is that if they just get into heaven, you know, that Jesus isn't going to have any care about them, you know. Or they say, yeah, that's old Sam. He got in. Right? No, no, no. He's going to present you faultless with exceeding joy. That is, folks, it's mind-blowing. All he wants us to do is keep our hearts in love with him, and then he's going to keep you from all those things, and then he's going to present you faultless and blameless before the presence of the Lord. You don't have to turn there, but Psalms 23, 5, when he says, he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. In other words, he just wants you to sit down, take care of your, just sit down and eat. I'll take care of the problem. <laughs> I just sit down there and drink some sweet tea. It'll be all right. I'll take care of it. So I want to leave you with this. Daniel chapter 6. It's a story you all all know. Story of da Daniel in the lion's den, right? And I want you to hear how prophetic I think this, this, this chapter 6 is to the day we live in today. So there was a, there was a king you know, Darius and, and the, the, all the other governors and satraps and all those, these other people, they just hated Daniel, right? They had no reason to hate him. They just hated him because God's flavor was, favor was on him and his blessing was on him. And, and you know, he was, just, he was just a blessed guy. And they just hated him because he was, uh, let me paint with a big brush here. He was a Christian, right? And so they just want to get rid of him. So they went behind the king without the, you know, the king knew what was going on, but not really. They fooled him into it. Say, hey, let's just make a day that if anybody worships another god, you'll kill them, throw them in the lion's den. So he's like, oh, okay. So they knew they were going to catch Daniel. Now, Daniel knew about it. Okay? He knew about it. He knew what was going to take place. He knew what was going to happen. And so he opened up his window just like he always did. And he just went out and began to worship God. And folks, I want to tell you today, listen to me. The way you defeat the enemy in life and the way you defeat the devil is you resist the devil. And the greatest way to resist the devil is just keep loving God. Don't fall into his trap. Just keep loving on Jesus. So Daniel goes out in the middle of it. Now, it seems to me that 
in this day and age we live in right now. Christians are getting to be a dirty word amongst the, the heathens, right? They don't really like us too much. But you know what we need to do? We need to just throw up our windows and worship the Lord more. We just need to become more, like I've been teaching you, that we need to be that evangelist. We just need to be more of the light shining. We just need to be more of the worshipers of the Lord and say we're going to resist you by doing what we know we're going to do, that we're not going to shut down our churches. We're not going to worship the mask. That was probably ugly. I told my wife I wasn't going to say that tonight, but it just slipped out. We're going to worship the one true God. Amen. And so Daniel just worships him. And so they catch him. They take him to the king. King says, oh, what? Oh, Daniel, I don't want to see you. I love you. I don't want you to, to, to have to go and do this. And so you get on down here. Let's see. What verse is it? When he gets thrown in there. I don't have verses on here. Uh, then the stone. Let me see. Let me get over here. Hold on. Don't turn me off. So then I'm 16. So then the king gave the command. They brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying, Daniel, you're God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid at the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and the signet of the Lord's that was the purpose concerning Daniel that might not be changed. So the king then goes to the palace, and then the king ends up praying for Daniel all night long, right? And then it gets on down here, verse 21, and, and Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the mouth of the lion's or shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me. Now, because I have been found innocent before him, also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. You know how I've always told you, I, gotta, I imagine things. I want to see how it, you know. How do you think that was? I mean, think about that for a minute. I mean, there's snarling lions, and we know they eat the other guys in just a minute, right? And, 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 and I mean, how do you think it was? Was the angel standing there like this, and he's got him in the back of the cave, and the lions are, you know, and he's just holding them at bay? Or the angel descended down in there, and the lions just went like, you know, little puppies and just laid down? So, I, you know, I, I, this is the Seth Robert Richards, okay? Okay, this is, this is just me imagining. I think that because Daniel, he was, you know, he's a pretty bold character. And I kind of think he kind of got him over there and piled him up, laid down on him, you know, made pillows out of him, fluffed him. Had to lay in an old cake in an old den that night. You might as well enjoy it, you know, and be sleeping on it. Now, that may be too much for some people. You know, they may be saying Robert's just going a little too far out there. But I mean, really, I got to tell you all, if an angel appeared, just imagine the scene, an angel comes down in the den. Now, it, it was dark, but the angel, every time an angel ever appeared in any of the other parts of the scripture, I mean, there was a bright light and everybody fell to the ground, right? So I'm saying it was light in there, and the lines just, two with, with, with Daniel, and then I think Daniel would have been the kind of person who said, hey, this is kind of cool, and talked to the angel. Had a conversation. You got them. You got them all under control. Yeah, they're under control. I kind of like this old big one. Look at the fluff on him. My point is, when God shows up, the enemy ends up just being a pussycat. And God's going to show up in our lives if we keep our hearts. And he, he, listen. 
Did the angel come into the lion's den the day before Daniel was thrown in? They may have thrown people in a couple hours before Daniel got there, right? When did the angel show up? Think about it. When did the angel show up? When Daniel hit the floor. And that right there, church, is where we make our mistakes in life. We want to walk before we get to the hole. We want to see the angel following us out there. And we want to see the angel saying, it's okay. You're like, only you can see him and they can't. It's okay. Make them all pussycats. They'll be okay. But that's where faith comes in. If you go read Hebrews chapter 11, this Daniel was, was in the hall of fame of faith there. It says that God's a God that shuts the mouths of lions. And see what I'm saying to you, church, is the lions, they're roaring right now, and the lions are making a lot of noise, and the lions have eaten people before, but they haven't tasted Christian, and they're not going to. And I say, as in the days of Daniel, that if God needs to send an angel because we're getting ready to hit in the pit, well, then fluff you a line up, kick your feet back, and enjoy it. The only thing you have to do is keep your heart right. And you say, what if my heart's not right? I hope my heart's right. I don't know if my heart's right. So you're one of those freaky kind of people, okay? That you're worried about all that. I don't know. I did. I had a thought the other day. Oh my gosh! What did I? Oh my God. Holy cow! Just get it right with Jesus right now. Just stop right where you're doing, wherever you are. If you have to do it every moment of the day, Jesus, I just want to be right with you. You're right with Him. You say, "Well, that's too simple." I mean, you know, I need to see a sign. No, you don't. You just need to have faith that God is who God said He is, and that God will take you through the lion's den. He'll do whatever it takes. He'll get you through every day of your life if you'll just cling to him and keep that relationship with him and just continually say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the thoughts I had. I, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I want your blood over my life. I want to be right with you. If you just keep your life like that, folks, you're keeping your heart clean. Now, if the Lord taps on your shoulder and says, listen, I want you to go over there. I want you to bake some cookies and send them over there and give them to so-and-so. And you say, I'm not doing that. That sorry rascal, I wouldn't, he doesn't deserve nothing. Then you know what? You're getting off. Your heart's not right. Your heart's not right. And that's what I'm talking about. Keep your heart, and God will supply the angels for the lions. And they can roar, and they can look all big and ugly, and they can tell us they're going to do this. They can tell us they're going to steal our money. They can steal this. They're going to take that. They can roar, do all the kind of things they want to do. They're going to do all this. But let me tell you what. God is in control. And angels are still working today on the face of the earth. And God will do whatever he's got to do to make things work out. Amen? So for everybody out there watching, everybody in here, I want you just to stand up. I'm going to pray over you. Because I'm telling you, we do not need to be in fear. We need to be in faith in this day and age. Amen? Now, for those of you that are sending in your offerings, God bless you. Everybody in here, you, you, the, the bucket's back there in the back. But let me tell you something. I am believing for great days for you. No matter what the world says, no matter what the news says, I'm telling you, God has a great plan for you. He has more precious thoughts for you than you can ever, ever imagine. 
And so, Father, right now, I just pray for people. Lord, right now, if there's people out there watching and they don't know Jesus, I pray right now that they would come to know you. That, Lord, that they would cry out from their heart, that they would pray and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be with me. I want you to be a part of my life. I want you to bless and, and move in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me right with you. And right there, if you're doing that, the Lord's touching you and blessing you. But Lord, I just pray over every person in here that we keep our hearts right. Because if we keep our hearts right, Lord, then you shut the mouths of the lions. And where people need angels to appear, Lord, I thank you. They're going to appear in Jesus' name. Because we put our faith in you. We put our trust in you. And we declare that we are blessed. We declare we're blessed in our finances. We're blessed in our bodies. We're blessed in our minds. We're blessed in everything, Lord God, you would have for us. So, Lord, where there's been depression and oppression, I command it to go. Lord, where there's been sickness and disease, I command it to go. Lord, and I just declare that we are blessed because we're going to keep ourselves with you, and you are the keeper of us. And, Lord, we praise you for it. So, Lord, bless them all this night. Bless their offerings. Bless their giving. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hey, God bless you.